Hey, Oasis Church, Birmingham. Uh, my name's Andy. It's a real privilege to be sharing with you this morning from the Bible. We're going to be looking at one verse of the Bible today, one verse, and it's uh, Ruth chapter 2 and verse 5. And the, the Bible's powerful enough, isn't it, that one verse of the Bible can smash in, change your trajectory. God can speak to you. That's what I'm praying for you guys today. And um, just before we get into the scripture, I just had a few words uh, I felt the Holy Spirit give me that I wanted to share with you. I feel there's uh, someone here today, uh, you, you've been wanting to give a financial gift to someone in another country. It's a significant amount of money and you've been asking the Lord to confirm it. And this is your confirmation. God says, yes, uh, you should be giving that money away. Uh, secondly, I saw a picture of someone and the picture was of walls and then of tears running down the walls on the inside and I felt a real pain. And I just feel for someone here, uh, lockdown over this last year has been a real grievous time and there's been tears and you felt hemmed in and it's been really difficult. And what I saw was the hand of Jesus reaching in, wiping some of the tears away off the walls, opening windows letting the sunlight in, the house starting to dry and aerate again. And I just feel God saying, actually, today could be a turning point for you. Let the hand of God reach in, uh, take the pain out of last year, wipe away some of the tears, open up the windows of your life. Uh, thirdly, I felt there's someone here today and you've got pain in the lower part of your stomach area. Uh, it's kind of below your belly button. There's a, a consistent pain that you've had there. And I feel God wants to heal you today. So let the healing hand of Jesus come to you. And as we come to look at this uh, verse today, uh, Ruth chapter two and verse five, the, the subject really that we're looking at is that change begins with seeing. In this verse, Boaz notices Ruth and everything starts to change from that moment. And um, uh, I feel there's probably many people in your church that have gifts of compassion or compassionate serving vocations or a sense of calling to vulnerable people or to other nations or to hospitality and you need to prepare to be activated today to have those gifts switched on dialed up maybe they've been on a three and they're going to get dialed up to a six or seven today so be open to the holy spirit to switch on kind of compassion and care and social activism right across your church community. So here we go. Are you ready for the verse that we're going to look at? Ruth chapter 2 and verse 5. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And up until this point, Ruth has been invisible for so many reasons, marginalized and overlooked and despised. And this noticing of her transforms her story into something beautiful. And that's what I want to look at today. So we start with the problem. The problem for Ruth was her kind of fourfold marginality. You know, many will be familiar with the story of Ruth, but she is a woman in a patriarchal society. So she's marginalized, overlooked because of her gender. She's a, a foreigner, a Moabite. The Moabites were the enemies of the people that lived in Bethlehem. They, they hated them. They despised them. Their, their mothers would keep the boys away. Oh, don't go near her. She's a Moabite woman. Uh, and so she's marginalized because of her ethnicity, her outsiderness. Thirdly, she's poor. She's a widow. Her husband has died. 
So in, in, in those days where uh, your socioeconomic status happened through your husband's gainful employment, she's she's marginalized also because she's poor because of her socioeconomic status. And fourthly, she's marginal because she's a refugee. She's come from another nation. She's coming up the hill into Bethlehem. Uh, and so she's marginalized because of her immigration status. And so she's four times marginal. And maybe you resonate with Ruth and you think, I feel like that in many ways. God wants to speak to you today. Uh, but maybe in your community, in the people that live around you, people you work with, at your kids' schools, uh, that your neighbours, there are people that are also marginal for these reasons. And this story can speak to us in many ways. None of these things are Ruth's fault. And none of these things are Boaz's fault. They've happened because the world is broken. In, in the Garden of Eden, we had perfect belonging. We belonged to one another. We belonged to God. We belonged to this place, this beautiful place. But at the fall, when sin came in and broke the world, it broke our belonging to God. So we've got this feeling of outsiderness and shame and not being able to lift our face to him. And it broke our relationships with one another. And so you get kind of hatred and animosity and Cain and Abel fighting each other and racism and all the things that have smashed our belonging to one another. And ever since Eden, we lost our home. We're, we're all, in a sense, refugees. Uh, that was our home and we can't get back in there because of the sin and the shame and the outsiderness that we carry. And so the world is broken. And that's why Ruth finds herself in this place. And that's why there's injustice and unequal distribution of resources and opportunities. And that's why difference, instead of being the beautiful thing that God created, has become a problem, a source of animosity and fear and suspicion and sadness and grief. Uh, Duke Kwan said this, if you, you can't fix something unless you understand how it broke, in the first place. And so there's a brokenness that means when Ruth comes up the hill into this village of Bethlehem, people shun her all the way through the book of Ruth. She's called Ruth the Moabitess. It's like we've got to keep pointing out her differentness, her the thing that makes her different to us. You can see all the mothers gathering up their children. Don't, don't go near her. We don't like Moabites. She's not welcome around here. Nobody talks to her. She's invisible until we get to this moment. And so maybe you feel like Ruth. Maybe you feel, for many reasons, marginalized, overlooked, vulnerable, invisible. In a big world, no one ever picks me. No one ever notices me. We're going to see this wonderful turning point in this verse, in Ruth's story. And so when Boaz notices her in the field and says to his guy that works for him, whose woman is that? Where's she come from? What's her story? This question turns Ruth from an invisible nobody into uh, somebody with a story and an identity that Boaz is prepared to listen to and engage with. Yale Ziegler, the Israeli commentator on this verse, says, Boaz's query will begin to transform Ruth from a non-recognized stranger to a person with an identity. Fleming Rutledge said this, she said, the beginning of resistance is not to explain, but to see. Now, what does she mean by resistance? She means 
If we want to change the status quo, if we're not happy with the brokenness in the world, if we want to resist the kind of the, the, the way that society is going, if we want to be prophetic, that the way to do that is to see, is to notice who are the Ruths in your world. How can you open your eyes and see them? You know, I was working on this message in a coffee shop in town and uh, studying Ruth. And then I kind of packed up and I was walking home. I popped into Iceland to get a few things, bread and milk. And the lady in the queue in front of me was obviously new to the country. Uh, she didn't speak any English. She was trying to get them to do a delivery to her house, but she couldn't get her address right. Um, and everyone in the queue behind me is getting more and more annoyed and irate and complaining because this woman is fumbling. And I started to feel annoyed as well because I need to get home. And then I thought, man alive, I've just been studying Ruth. This is a Ruth. And, and she's being, uh, she, she's inconvenient for people. And I thought, okay, what can I do to help in this situation? And so the beginning of change is to see Now, Boaz has so many reasons not to notice Ruth. And we're just going to ping through these, but he's from one of the most important families in the village. He's one of the village elders. He's from a wealthy family. He owns fields. He has people working for him. He's a man. He He's an insider. He has what we could call privilege. And having can blind people, not always, not exclusively, But if you've never had money problems, it's difficult to appreciate how some people seem to cycle through debt uh, for their whole lives. If you've always enjoyed good mental health, it's difficult to appreciate how some people can struggle so much with how they're feeling. If you've always had choices and opportunity, it's difficult to understand how some people keep making bad decisions because they haven't got the, the luxury of choice. And so... Sometimes lack of experience, lack of lack can, can stop us noticing and stop us empathizing and moving towards. Privilege can blind people, but also busyness can blind people. So it's, it's busy harvest season. They're working long days to try to get the harvest in. Uh, Boaz has got lots of fields, lots of people. to re- he's, he's a busy guy. It's a busy time. He could have easily rushed past Ruth to get on to the next task. But he seems to take the time to stop and go, who is that person? What is her story? It's, it's beautiful, this picture of in the middle of all this busyness and other people that aren't noticing him stopping, getting past all his potential unconscious biases, And noticing this woman, this outsider, this foreigner, this vulnerable person, and stopping to find out what her story is. Friends, that's what the church should be like. We must be those with eyes that are open to notice. Because that's what happened to us. We were like Ruth. Vulnerable and afraid and alone and outside. And Jesus stopped. And he noticed us. And he brought us into his family. And that's really the message today. It's quite simple, really. Jesus noticed us. Let's notice others. Jesus welcomed us. Let's welcome others. Jesus went out of his way to show us compassion and mercy and grace. Let's do the same. Is it possible that you're like Boaz, that actually you have resources, uh, opportunity, privilege, um, 
that you could mobilize for good. You know, in the Bible, privilege is not wrong in itself. It's not, uh, it's morally neutral. But so often privilege, for all the reasons that we've said, can blind people to real need and to mobilizing those resources for the kingdom of God, to thinking it's my stuff instead of God has entrusted this to me so that I can serve others. And so how can all that you have be mobilized for kingdom good and kingdom mission? Well, it starts with seeing, with seeing someone, with seeing something, with seeing a need with seeing an issue, with seeing a place, a neighborhood, and thinking, how can I move towards that? That's what Boaz did, and it transformed Ruth's story. But Boaz doesn't start by acting. He sees, and then he asks a question, who is this woman, or whose is this woman? Well, you know, To whom does she belong? What community, what family does she come from? And, and so it starts with a question. He doesn't jump straight into saving mode or savior mode. I'm going to fix it. You know, Coldplay song, I will try to fix you. It's not always where we need to go first. Uh, he, and we must take time to listen to other people's stories, to hear what's going on with them. Sometimes we, we think we have an answer and people go, well, we didn't even ask you a question yet. You know, when we sent, uh, I'm involved in helping send people uh, to move to other countries, to plant churches and share the gospel, particularly amongst unreached nations. And the first couple of years in a new place must be, let's try and learn the language, let's figure out, let's get to know people, let's eat food with people, let's understand the vibe, the need here. And only then can we begin to answer and see how the gospel meets their need and see how we're going to build church and how we're going to deliver the kingdom here. So it starts with asking questions and we can all do this. We can all watch TV programs we wouldn't normally watch, uh, read books written by people that don't look like you, get outside your comfort zone, sit and talk to people and ask them their story and find out uh, what's going on in their world. And so seeing and then listening before engaging. But Boaz will engage and uh, there's this wonderful a piece in the story where he acts as her redeemer, which means that he takes responsibility for Ruth. He brings her into his family. He marries her. Uh, that's very costly to him, uh, not financially, but uh, in terms of his standing in the village. Oh, he's marrying. What's he doing hanging out with that Moabite woman? You know, people would kind of look down on him. He would lose some respect, but he's prepared to absorb that shame in order to remove Ruth's shame. It's like her shame becomes his shame so that he can lift her into a, a place of security. And what happens is, we're going to read uh, chapter 4 and verse 13. Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And then verse 17 of chapter 4. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi, and they named him Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, and he was the father of David. So Israel's greatest king, and from David will come, also born in Bethlehem in the future, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the great king of kings and the savior of all the world, born from this family, from this union of Ruth the outsider and Boaz who saw her, they get married, they start a family and that family ends up with Jesus Christ coming into the world 
to save sinners. It's incredible. So it's not as binary as Boaz is the saver and Ruth is the savee. Actually, they come together and they both have a contribution. And the New Testament, when it tells the story of Jesus, it's not ashamed of Ruth. It's not ashamed of the fact that he's got a Moabite woman in his ancestry. Actually, the New Testament celebrates that. She's part of the story of Jesus. And so this synthesis of Boaz and Ruth, of majority and minority culture, of uh, an interracial marriage, if you like, ends up bringing forth King David and ultimately bringing forth Jesus Christ into the world. So Ruth goes from shame to honor. She goes from outsider to insider. She goes from vulnerable to established and she goes from enemy to family and friends that's the gospel that's our story we at one time were um as ephesians chapter 2 says we were children of wrath but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we were like Ruth. Like Ruth, we were vulnerable. We were outsiders. We were far from God. We carry shame. And like Boaz, Jesus Christ noticed us, brought us into his family, welcomed us, absorbed the 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 shame and the pain that we were carrying on the cross and through his death and resurrection brings us into his family, makes us part of the family tree of Jesus. We go from being outside to right in the middle. Hallelujah that Jesus sees that God is a God who notices us in Jesus Christ. And if you feel invisible and overlooked and alone and afraid today, know that God sees you he sees you and he understands your pain and he moves towards you and your change starts with the seeing of God where God sees you in Jesus Christ and moves towards you and brings you into his family there's this wonderful invitation and the final thing just to notice in this story and then we're going to pray is where it takes place. It takes place in Bethlehem, this little village in the margins of the world. Not very important, not very remarkable. But later in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ will be born of this same family in this same village. And Bethlehem in Hebrew, Beth and Lechem, means the house of bread, the house of bread. And in a hungry world where there's a famine, uh, there's harvest time in Bethlehem. And so hungry Ruth comes in to find nourishment. And so there's this wonderful picture really of hospitality, the hospitality of God, where Ruth is welcomed in and her hunger is satisfied and she finds a home and a rest and a place to belong. And friends, the world is hungry and Jesus Christ, the bread of life, sent for a hungry world, was born in Bethlehem, the, the house of bread. Uh, and when he was born, what did they put him in? They put him in a manger. What's a manger? An eating trough. So it's like Bon Appetit world. Here is the bread of life given for you. Come and feast on him and be satisfied. And so 
mankind that have been lost and abandoned and hungry and alone and afraid ever since Eden is welcomed into Bethlehem, this house of bread, this hospitality of God, this place to come and rest. And Jesus Christ offers us that. And for you guys, Oasis Church, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but part of the prophetic thing of your name, Oasis, is a place for people to come and rest and be refreshed. And I really feel the reason I'm bringing this message to you is I really feel that mission as hospitality is going to be really significant for you guys in your city of Bethlehem, of Bethlehem, of Birmingham, that you are offering warm, fragrant bread to the hungry, that they might come and eat, but also find a welcome and find a family and find rest. And so mission as hospitality will become really important for you guys as a church community. Let's pray. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you see us, that you're not ashamed of us, that you're full of welcome, that your arms are spread wide. And I thank you that you call us in the same way to welcome others, welcome one another as God in Christ has welcomed you. Lord, thank you for this amazing grace. I pray now in Jesus' name, would you open eyes right across this church? Would there be Boazes right across this church community? Would people walk into work on Monday morning and notice people and issues that they've never seen before? Right now in the Holy Spirit, would you open eyes to situations in other countries, in other parts of the world where people go, I can't stay silent. I've got to stand up. Would you awaken something prophetic in this church uh, that notices and that speaks out and that engages? Lord, I pray, call your people right across this church to mobilize resources for the kingdom of God, to reach the hungry and the most vulnerable and the most overlooked and the most marginalized people on our planet. Please, oh God, Put something in them, we pray. Thank you so much for what you're doing in them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys.